Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Special edition of Late Night Health. I'm Mark Allen. Uh, how do you sleep at night? Uh, do you get uh, a good eight hours? Well, millions and millions and millions of people do not. I actually did a uh, brief survey of 10 people of, uh, that are my friends. Out of those 10 people, eight do not get more than four hours of sleep a night. And that includes me. We're going to go to San Diego and talk with Dr. Carlos Nuez. Uh, we're going to celebrate uh, Sleep at Timber uh, with him. Uh, he is uh, with uh, ResMed, and we're going to find out more about that. Uh, Dr. Nuez, welcome back to Late Night Health. Thank you for having me. Uh, our pleasure. Is sleep really that important? I mean, my friends and I don't get a whole bunch of sleep. Yeah, sleep is absolutely important. It's one of the three pillars of good health, sleep, diet, and exercise. And unfortunately, we overemphasize diet and exercise, but sleep is more important than the other two. Um, it is absolutely vital to the normal functioning of the body and the brain. And when you don't get enough, not only do you set yourself up for problems the next day, you know, being excessively tired is one of the number one risk factors for things like automobile accidents or workplace injuries. But you're also setting yourself up for consequences down the road. You increase your risk for things like heart disease, stroke, diabetes, even Alzheimer's and other forms of dementia. Uh, the risk is higher if you don't sleep well. So it's a really big deal and probably the single most important thing you can do every day for your health. What about, uh, you know, the, we see ads all the time for a variety of sleep aids. Uh, primarily drugs. Are those good to take on a regular basis or even once in a while? Yeah, you know, it's an interesting question. The market for sleep aids, whether it's drugs or fancy pillows or whatever, is in the billions of dollars every year. And, you know, there are sleep disorders that do require medication. And when taken as prescribed, are, are perfectly safe and appropriate. The, the problem is that there are a lot of over-the-counter medications that people take um, and, and take too much or too often, or even prescription medications that may not be taken as directed, which you know, are sometimes masking the problem as opposed to really helping someone do a better job of falling asleep and staying asleep. Uh, there are a lot of people that suffer from things like insomnia or sleep apnea, and a drug isn't always the best therapy for that. And then one of the uh, drugs advertised uh, has some pretty serious side effects. People take it, they fall asleep, and they end up at, uh, at the local coffee shop in two, at 2 in the morning uh, ordering a whole meal, don't remember that they've done it, and go back to sleep. Uh, at home and with the uh, driving accidents and things like that, that's uh, that seems to be pretty scary. What about sleep apnea? Uh, 
there are many people, millions of people who have it, but according to studies, 80% have not been diagnosed with it. Yeah, sleep apnea is one of the most prevalent conditions on the planet. In, in the world, there are a billion with a B people that have it. So that means 800 million are undiagnosed and untreated. In the US, it's well above 50 million and about 40 some million, again, undiagnosed and untreated. And mostly it's because it happens while you're sleeping. You don't even re recognize the fact that you're suffocating multiple times an hour while you sleep. So you never get a good night's sleep. You're always tired. And again, set yourself up for increased risk of heart disease and stroke and all of the bad things that we talked about just a moment ago. So it's really important that if you even have any sort of suspicion or if someone lives in the same home as you or shares a bedroom with you and says, hey, not only do you snore, but it sounds like you stop breathing and you're choking or gagging while you snore, it's probably time to ask your doctor if you might be at risk for sleep apnea. What are the treatments for sleep apnea? The the gold standard treatment, which has been uh, been that way for more than thirty years, is something called CPAP. It stands for continuous positive airway pressure. It's a device that blows a gentle stream of pressurized air, typically through your nose, to keep the airways open so they don't collapse while you sleep and you don't suffocate. Um, and most people will wear a mask over their nose. I am a CPAP user. I have sleep apnea, and I use something called a nasal pillow. It looks like little prongs that sit under my nose, and the device uh, in this day and age, it's not like your dad's or your grandpa's CPAP machine. They're quiet. They're small. They're connected to the cloud. Your doctor can monitor your therapy. You can monitor your therapy. And they work really well. It's why it's the gold standard. There are other options. Some people will wear mouthpieces that pull their jaw forward to try and pull the tongue away from the airway to keep it open. It works for some people, but it also can lead to things like the movement of your teeth and jaw pain. Um, there are surgical options. You can have like part of your palate cut away. Um, that's quite invasive and doesn't work for everybody. But if, if the palate is the reason why you're obstructing and not breathing, that might work. And then there are implants. You can have surgically implanted electrodes into your tongue and a little pacemaker-like box that goes under the skin of your chest. And it shocks your tongue like a pacemaker would shock your heart to try and keep your tongue from flopping back and covering your airway. Again, there's lots of different options, but the, the most tried and true and the one that most people end up using is CPAP because the modern machines are easy and quiet and comfortable, and it's not as invasive or as scary as some of the other options. So you don't look like, like Darth Vader anymore, sound like Darth Vader. Yeah, you don't definitely sound like it. Some people, you know, may wear a larger mask. Um, maybe a little Darth Vader-ish if you, if, you, if you want, but it definitely doesn't sound that way. When I brought my new device home, the latest generation, it's quieter than the air conditioner in our bedroom. And my wife thought it was broken. She didn't think the machine was working because she couldn't hear it at all. Um, so yeah, you don't sound like Darth Vader anymore. And then again, just depending on your, your breathing and if you breathe through your mouth versus your nose, the mask may be smaller or bigger. Um, but uh, um, it's definitely, like I said, not your grandpa's CPAP machine. And your wife doesn't have to poke you every 12 minutes and wake you up. That's uh, or spouse or friend, whatever. <laughs> uh, yes. Listen, is there a place that people can find out more about this? 
Absolutely. There's a great website, sleepforbettertomorrow.com. Information about sleep and wellness and sleep apnea, even a questionnaire that can help you decide if you might be at risk for um, sleeping disorders. So yes, and always start with your doctor if you have any questions. But uh, but that would that would be a great way to get started. Sleepforbettertomorrow.com. Uh, our guest has been Carlos uh, Nuez. He is the chief medical officer for ResMed. And uh, we appreciate all that information. And again, the next time I'm in San Diego, we'll have lunch and talk about sleep. Uh, I'm Mark Allen. This is Late Night Health.